Hi, I'm the host, Chip James. And I'm the producer, Katie Matthews. And if you're anything like us, you have a heart for Dayton, Ohio. And maybe you've been looking for a place where you can hear more about the interesting people and businesses that make Dayton such a special place to call home. Well, that's why we created the new Dayton podcast to celebrate a new era in our great town. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. We talked to Lauren White uh, about the Up Dayton Summit. I knew right then that after the summit, I would want to talk to at least one, if not several, of the um, participants or the the uh, the groups that were involved in that. And Lauren really strongly suggested that we track down Mr. Leroy Bean who uh, just happened to win the 2019 Update and Summit. There were two winners, and Leroy's uh, cause, which is called the Baldwin Cafe, uh, was one of the winners. And uh, the Baldwin Cafe has this awesome purpose and story where they want to um, provide a space where people can um, buy used and new African-American literature, but they, while they're there, they can also get a great cup of tea or even a uh, healthy uh, vegan or vegetarian-inspired dish. That was a mouthful. Katie, uh, how do you feel about Leroy? Leroy. Leroy is a poet, and you'll get to hear uh, him do some poetry as part of this podcast, which is probably my favorite part of the interview. Yeah, it was amazing. A wonderful tribute to the process, the mental process of any kind of creative or artist. Um, and he's 25. He's a, he's a very well-spoken 25, mature 25 year old. Yes. Deeper thinking 25 year old probably than many, maybe any that I've ever met. Yeah. Because I think he's kind of had to being a young black man on the West side of Dayton. He's had to face some cultural things that, Mm -hmm. uh, honestly we have not. So he's, he spoke very eloquently to that. So. Yeah, so Leroy Bean and his partner Mariah Johnson, uh, now that they have won some funding from the Updating Summit, they are in full pursuit of the Baldwin Cafe and uh, to hear all about it and uh, to hear inside one of, uh, I think, Dayton's great young minds. Um, stick around and check out this podcast with Leroy Bean of the Baldwin Cafe. Poetry be like, here are my demons. Prior to clapping, the crowd lets out a (gasps) so deep it turns their stomach to sinkhole, yet calm and professionally, I present them. While my stomach is literally upside down or perhaps gravity ceased to exist for a moment in there, either way, why haven't I digested these butterflies yet? Echoes of, well, why are you nervous? bounce off the walls of mouths who were under the impression that I was beyond anxiety, but I ain't. And truthfully, I'm nervous because this is execution of self. This is exorcism, spilled demons on stage, written with precision to get surgical as I cut deep and bleed as your sacrificial lamb. It's never just a performance. It's more like a monster's ink scare simulation 
as I manifest a magical door out of my metaphors, a gateway to my closet where paranormal of past and present feed on my screams nightly. To you, it's just a cool scar that all the kids gather around to commend me on my bravery of surviving. But to me, still a very fresh wound, yet I pour alcohol on it in front of you to prove that I'm healing, to let you know that it's painful, but this is the process or else letting the wound sit in festa leads to a fatal infection. I'm nervous because I'm about to get up there and get completely naked while you paint your own perspective behind a private canvas as you sip your wine with a facial expression that's left open to interpretations. I'm nervous because this is me making a mirror out of you as I step outside of my body to speak the lessons that I need. And I'm not too sure what the truth will look like unleashed. Are you a Daytonian? Yes. Born and raised? Born and raised. Where'd you grow up? Uh, pretty much borderline Trotwood, end of day in the north side, yeah. uh, northwest side. Uh, then I kind of started moving in closer. Uh, my years in high school, I spent around Meadowdale. Okay. Um, the and, Lions? Yeah. <laughs> and so I didn't go there though. I went to DECA, Dayton Early College Academy. Oh, okay. Um, and then like not too long after high school, I moved to Columbus for like a year and a half and came back. And I've been here since 2016. Can you give us like a little picture, a little snapshot of what DECA is? I've had a lot of people recommend them for the podcast. So they are um, a charter school uh, that is focused on kind of sending their kids to college. Um, so they do a lot of preparing their kid, uh, preparing for their kids to go to college and that next step. Mm -hmm. um, so along with the general education, they also have these things called gateways, uh, which is kind of like projects um, that they have to complete in order to graduate. They have six of them to do mm -hmm. throughout their four years. Um, and they give you experience in things such as job shadows, internships, community service, uh, a lot of book reports, um, hmm. presentations, uh, self-discernment papers. Hmm. Um, this is on top of like a normal high school yeah. course load of math and yeah. sciences. And, and you had to do them on your own time. Wow. Yeah. And how'd you get connected there? Like, so you're coming through middle school, sixth, mm -hmm. seventh, eighth grade. And how did DECA become an option? Um, I ended up going to... I, what it was like uh, one of those kind of like school fairs where yeah. all of all of the high schools are there and you know you just kind of pick up information. I had no idea what high school I was going to. I felt like I was picking my college. Like it was it was very nerve wracking oh, for me. Yeah. Um, and I saw that Decca had a lot of like the best ap opportunity for me um, mm -hmm. with me feeling like I didn't know what the next step was going to be. I right. felt like they provided a lot of information, a lot of help for me to get to that next step. So. Uh, I saw that as probably the best option. Did you enjoy it? Uh, we don't have to put this in if you say no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I definitely did enjoy it. I think if I would go back and choose again, I would definitely choose DECA. Uh, cool. It was very challenging for me. I can't lie. I ended up having to do four gateways in my last year. Um, and they're timed, so you can't just like do one after the other. You okay. have to. It's a certain time period. Um, but... Even with all the challenges, it was still very helpful. It pushed you? Yeah. And then where did you go to college? Uh, Wright State. 
I spent my freshman year there, um, and then I left. I was there for computer engineering, um, and I realized that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and Some, now I want to go back for psychology. So okay, totally different. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Sometimes we choose, you know, these majors and these things in school, and then that's what it takes to tell us that that's maybe not what we want to do. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know until we got into it. Exactly. I always encourage kids to like, don't be shy about changing. Yeah. Don't be embarrassed. Like it's okay to get in it, realize this is not for me mm-hmm. and then pursue something else. One of the downfalls uh, of like, I can't really say downfall, but kind of a DECA, like, you know, they push for college so much that I almost felt like I didn't really have an option. Um, and that's where I had to go. But at the same time, that's also kind of the narrative that is pushed in my community. Um, especially as uh, a black person on the west side of Dayton. It's like, you know, you got to go to college to be successful and Mm -hmm. there's really no other option. So me being a poet now, I didn't think that I had the option to be a poet coming out of high school. I thought I had to be in college whether I was ready for it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wish I would have taken some time to kind of get to know myself and then I wouldn't have had to go through that year where, you know, finding myself. But I mean, everything happens for a reason. Who's your favorite poet? Uh, I know it's a hard question. It is a hard question. It's like asking me who's my favorite basketball player. <laughs> I got like seventeen. Right. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't think I have one to be honest. Um, most of my favorite poets are people that I'm in community with. Oh, that's um, cool. So I do love a lot of poetry that I read, um, whether it be something from Nikki Giovanni or Gwendolyn Brooks. Um, it's the people that, that I'm around that probably fuels mm-hmm. me the most. Let me ask you this. When you were a younger person, I mean, you're still mm-hmm. young, but when you were a teen, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, what did you read, if you remember, that inspired you to maybe pursue that as something that you would make part of your life, whether it was for a vocation mm-hmm. or just part of your life? Um, honestly, it, was, it wasn't really anything. Um, because just part time, of who you were? Yeah, uh, and it's something I just kind of grew into um, because in high school, as being younger, I was I love math and science, mm-hmm. um, which is why I ended up being going to do computer engineering. Um, but like, I really love math and science, and reading, writing was not at huh. all. It's kind of like you flipped it. <laughs> yeah, completely. <laughs> um, I hated reading and writing. Like, it's not that I like wasn't good at it. It's just I just didn't really have an interest in it. Huh. Um, it wasn't till Decca made us do, which was a part of the gateways. We had to do an autobiography, um, and in this autobiography, I found out a lot about myself um, and. I ended up writing a poem, which I didn't really know was a poem at the time. It's just kind of something I wrote because I felt. Um, and then, like more and more in my life, this this writing started to show up. Uh-huh. And at one point, I took it seriously. That's cool. And just explored it. And the funny thing is, even though I was writing poems starting off uh, that I really didn't know were poems, I ended up trying to rap first before I became a poet. Uh-huh. And then I looked at my paper while listening to a beat and I said, I have no idea what I'm about to do. <laughs> like, I have no idea how to do this. Like, it's, I don't know where to start. I don't know, like, yeah. anything. So I kind of gave that up pretty quickly. Um, but it, it still came back around to poetry. Yeah. Um, and now that I've been a poet for a while, trying, experimenting with rap looks a lot different to mm. me. Um, and it's a lot more smooth because poetry doesn't have the boundaries of a beat. Um, and you kind of create your own flow with it, right. your own style. Um, like spoken word. Yeah. And so I think that that definitely 
it opens your mind to different writing styles with music. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think it would definitely help. All right, so um, I have a feeling mm -hmm. that you, just like a lot of folks that we have had on the podcast through the Baldwin Cafe, we're, we're maybe trying to fill a void. Mm -hmm. So you're here, you're, you're in your hometown, you're in the Dayton community, mm -hmm. you see a void, right? Mm -hmm. And you and you create or co-create Baldwin Cafe to try to fill that void. Yes. Talk about the void mm -hmm. and then how Baldwin Cafe is going to fill that. So at one point, when I came back to Dayton um, from Columbus in 2016, uh, I, I kind of denied the fact that I was back here because, um, you know, a lot of people from Dayton want to leave and when sure. they leave, it's like, I don't want to come back. It's another common theme. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, and of course, that's because of what Dayton lacked. Um, so when I came back, I realized I was back for a reason and that I needed to bring everything that I learned in Columbus to Dayton um, and, you know, put it in, in Dayton's own style and culture. Uh, and it was a lot of kind of, as a poet, I didn't see a lot of spaces for poetry, for people, for mm -hmm. artists, performing artists to really showcase their art mm -hmm. at a kind of underground level. Um, Cause it's not like a lot of us in the community get a chance to be on Victoria State, Victoria Theater stage right. um, or anything like that. So I wanted to create like an open mic and I started that. And I, after I got into a lot of the art um, curating I saw that, you know, there's still something missing here. Um, and I felt, you know, people are attracted to art because of how they relate to it mm -hmm. and what it makes them feel. And art is so, so much about the human experience. Um, I wanted to get into the root of that. Mm -hmm. what, is, what is the common ground that all of us as human beings need to explore or what do we want, you know, out of life? Right. Um, and I really felt like that was to be healthy, to be happy, joyful. I don't think that nobody wakes up and wants to be angry or right. stressed or, or anything. Yeah, you yeah. know, like that. Um, so I'm like, how can I build a space for the community to constantly receive uh, support that is going to be um, an option or solution for them to kind of take in their own hands to be ha happy and healthy and, you know, joyful about their everyday life. Um, so I started with the community dialogue um, and that was just kind of exploring different topics to get people to think, to get people to explore themselves and the people that they are in community with mm -hmm. in the city. I feel like Dayton is too small for us not to know each other like neighbors, you know right. what I mean? Um, and then after that, um, when you uh, say the community dialogue, mm -hmm. what did you mean by that? When you say you want to start a community dialogue, so say before Baldwin Cafe, mm -hmm. you were just sort of organizing groups to get together and 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 talk about topics. So that was uh, it was a, that was really the beginning of Baldwin Cafe. Um, but yeah, we I was already used to like creating events and things like that and bringing people out. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of the same community I built with art. I brought into the dialogue aspect. So we just kind of started discussing. I just came up with different topics that I felt like were important to the community. And I wanted to hear from the community to see what they wanted to talk about. So who who probably. who who leads that? Like um, say you get 20 people mm -hmm. to come out on a Tuesday night mm -hmm. to talk about a topic. 
Uh, it starts at 7 p.m. or whatever. Yeah. You get up at 7 o'clock and say, all right, here we go. Pretty much. Uh, I've, I'm now grooming uh, a couple different people to kind of co-lead that space because um, now it's turned into so many different spaces. It's hard for me to run myself. Mm -hmm. uh, but at first it was me, um, but now it's uh, my guy Reggie Henderson. Um, he's been kind of taking charge in um, building the structure for the dialogues and kind of running them. So we're in that transition from me to him as far as hosting that space. How do you, I'm just envisioning like everybody wanting their opinion to be heard. Mm -hmm. How do you manage that? Man, that's tough. It's something we learn as we grow, but so far it hasn't been a problem. Um, we keep community agreements um, that we have come up with in the space of a community dialogue mm -hmm. um, so that everyone agrees on what our uh, values and standards are here in the space of, of the dialogue. Um, and, and then one of the big biggest parts of the dialogue itself, it can't be a dialogue if you come in expecting to be the person who preaches everything you right. know we want people to come in with a little humility to to be able to listen to um and not feel like you're right about mm -hmm. everything uh and i fit and i want to kind of push the message that you know we all kind of equal here and you know we kind of keep uh, a talking piece mm -hmm. sometimes if it's not a talking piece we create a stack so like an order of who is next um got it and we try to just, you know, keep have that moderator on the side to be able to navigate uh, who's next and to make sure nobody jumps in front of anybody and things like that. Because it can definitely get, yeah, uh, not necessarily heated, but you know, people get really passionate I can about picture. the conversation. Yeah. yeah. So we have these community dialogues, and then did that snowball into the idea for the actual for the Baldwin Cafe? Yeah. So after the series of meditation and lit exchange. Um, after Lit Exchange really was when the the biggest the bigger picture came to play. Uh, and I was shopping for books for to have at Lit Exchange. And I just all, I kept seeing African-American book sections being this like small section <laughs> of a bookshelf. And I was just kind of tired of seeing it. And I'm like, I know so many African-American authors and so many books, even in a lot, in a lot that I haven't read myself. Mm -hmm. And I know there's more than this little section mm -hmm. here at every single bookstore. So I felt like we we needed something, a, a bookstore that really focused on African-American mm -hmm. literature, not limiting to, um, but that definitely uh, displays the, the, true, the true image of, you know, what African-American literature looks like. Mm -hmm. um, and then the cafe aspect, which is gonna be a tea bar and selling vegan and vegetarian foods, um, that's something I definitely feel like we don't really have in Dayton. Um, and I want to, I really feel, you know, strongly about eating healthy and, mm -hmm. you know, consuming the right type of foods. And so I want to provide us uh, that aspect of, you know, just feeding the body mentally with mm -hmm. the books and, the books. and physically with good food. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so you enter the update and summit mm -hmm. 2019. There's roughly, say, 10 contestants or yes. 10 competing. You don't say businesses, 10 competing mm -hmm. movements, yeah. Yeah. Uh, volunteer based. Mm -hmm. And uh, you win it. Yeah. <laughs> just, we'll get we'll <laughs> skip straight to the punchline. Uh, you win the 11th annual 2019 Update and Summit, which means that you get a $1,500 mm -hmm. kind of boost. Mm -hmm. And then you get the services of Update and Write for mm -hmm. about a year. Yeah. Or, or for a year yep. to sort of help you push uh, the Baldwin Cafe into existence, right? Yeah, yeah. What's that mean to you and your costs? It means a lot. Um, first of all, to be able to 
put my idea on stage um, in front of people, in front of the dating community, because this was it was voted for, you mm-hmm. know, by people who attended the summit. Um, not just like some panel of people. That's my favorite part about it. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite part. The people chose that. Um, And so that means a lot to know that people want this, that people are looking for this, that people are excited about it just as much as I am. Um, And that I I just had an idea, you Mm -hmm. know, that I, and something that I felt like would change the community. And now I have money to actually turn that into a reality so right. it's like it's it's really a new level of bringing my ideas to fruition and um it's it's probably the most exciting part of the year almost <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah. so is the goal is the vision that uh baldwin cafe would eventually have its own brick and mortar space yep so we want to i want to have a space that's big enough to be the bookstore and the cafe but also big enough to house events um to be able to be rented or just to run my normal community dialogue lit exchange events out of as well. Uh, so we definitely want our own space for sure. And, and I saw that the Baldwin Cafe is a uh, serves the community in a holistic way. Mm-hmm. And your your hope, your goal is to be a, what I love the term, like third space. Mm-hmm. So in between either work or school mm-hmm. and home, yes. we all kind of look for that third space. Right. Um, Go ahead. Oh, um, yeah, that's that's kind of where that was my idea from, like, you know, really finding that common ground of being human. You know, we all in this country, we all feel like, you know, we have to work like that's our, you know, leading part of our life for a lot lives for a lot of people. Um, you work to live. And mm-hmm. I just like that. It has such it, it can have such a negative effect effect on people. And I don't get me wrong, like I feel like work is important, but the type of work that we we've leaned into and the lack of attention that we've given to our bodies and yeah. our mind and our family, you know, is is pretty ridiculous. So it's just like between, you know, all of the stuff that you do at home yeah. and all of the stuff that you do at work and school, where do you find time for yourself? Right. And and you know, your mental stability. And I want this is that third space. To yeah, I almost look at it like how amazing would it have been if uh, young Leroy Bean uh, had a place to go after school, uh, you know, leave DECA and right. go go work on all those those projects right. and maybe get a good cup of tea mm-hmm. uh, and and really quality food, which mm-hmm. is something that that our downtown needs. Right. Specifically, certain pockets. Exactly. Right. We've all talked about that. We've talked about it extensively on the podcast. Is mm-hmm. you know solving the food desert problem and things like that. So for sure, for sure. So for right now in the kind of mid to late fall of 2019, Baldwin mm-hmm. Cafe is looking for a space. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that you're looking for really like five things. Mm-hmm. Let's maybe touch on each of them. So a space to rent our own, mm-hmm. a budget or, or business finance uh, person to kind of step in and mm-hmm. maybe provide guidance or wisdom. For sure. Uh, marketing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, books, mm-hmm. African American literature, mm-hmm. and then possibly investors. Yes. Okay. So, which one of those do you want to speak about the most? Um, man. Uh, when you wake up and you think about Baldwin Cafe, what strikes you as like, man, I really need this? Probably the the business and finance guidance. Okay. Um, because again, like I'm an artist and I'm great at bringing people together and using my my voice um, and creating this 
this thing that just makes you feel and think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to laying out business, this is my first venture uh, that I've ever had. And I'm completely starting from ground zero. Yeah. I've never had any real education or background on how to create a business. Um, so, and I'm glad I joined the Update Incubator because that really gave me my you know, first step into right. the business world um, and what I need to know about it. Um, but yeah, this is this is a huge first for me, and I'm nervous about it. Yeah. Um, and I know it's just, you know I'm learning. Yeah, so, because here's the thing: like your focus, I can tell just by sitting with you, your focus is not on profitability mm-hmm. and things like that. But at the same time, for this dream to continue, you have to sustain. Exactly. Right. And so there's this awkward sort of balance right. between we want it to be for the community and for people, but at the same time, we kind of have to have dollars. Exactly. But this is my passion. So, um, you know, at at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I can to learn everything that I need to know to make this happen and make it possible. And I know that business is very important um, in the world that we live in. So I might as well use my passion to kind of kickstart how I end up learning about business and things Mm -hmm. like that and using my own uh, idea as kind of like that pilot, that test. to run things with. So I think it's everything happened right on time. Cool. But yeah, that's definitely business and finance guidance is, is what I need the most. <laughs> right. Because you've got the, like the space or the location, you sort of have at least a short term or an immediate uh, answer to that, right? Because yeah. I read the cafe plans to open this spring mm-hmm. for a trial run mm-hmm. at the McKinley United Methodist Church on Hawthorne Street yes. in Dayton. So are you spending time there now in the fall and, and in the winter, like prepping? Yeah, so we have already been having some of our series there. Um, our meditation workshops happen there, uh, and our community dialogues happen there. We also have done a, a Lit Exchange Junior for youth um, books going all the way up until young adult um, for them to experience as well. So all of those events have been happening there, um, and we've been kind of like building a partnership with the church um, to kind of you know do our part for them letting us use their space. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's where we've been so far, uh, and I and I love the pastor. He's a great friend of mine. So what's his name? Um, Peter Matthews. Okay. Yeah. So what? Um, how'd you come up with the name Baldwin Cafe? Uh, there was a. Uh, I was working one day at the library, and I heard about a uh, Socrates Cafe, and it's basically where people from around the world or country meet up mm-hmm. and talk about philosophical ideas. Um, and I, lo- I, I thought that I, that idea sounded pretty dope. I, I love mm-hmm. conversation. And I think conversation really pushes people. And that's how the community dialogue became the first thing. Um, but I wanted it to be a little more appealing to my audience, my, um, my idea of how I seen it, uh, and, and Baldwin, James Baldwin, uh, is one of my favorite writers. And yep. at the time that it got created, he was like really at the top of my list of like who I was experiencing and who was really inspiring me. Right. Um, and so it was, I decided to use him being, with him being more of a culturally relevant person. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like what he believed in, I think that his name fit the vision of this cafe a lot more uh, than like the idea of Socrates Cafe that right. I found. Um, so James Baldwin is, cool. is how the name came about. I'm I'm planning, I'm like constantly in planning mode for sort of what's coming next just for me and my business. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm, 
I'm, I'm already looking really hard at 2020 mm-hmm. and I'm looking at like what would make it a success for me. I'm curious for you, if, if something happened in 2020 for the Baldwin Cafe, mm-hmm. what, what would make you the happiest? What would make you like feel like, man, that 2020 was amazing. Mm-hmm. If this happens in 2020, we will celebrate you know, at the end of the year, like, man, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. It could be a small thing that's just meaningful to you and your people, mm-hmm. um, meaning the people that are involved with the cafe. Yeah. Um, or it could be a, a really big thing, like, uh, you know, Dave Chappelle comes and, and, and speaks or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, man, that's pretty hard. Uh, that's a tough question. It is. It is a tough question. Uh, I think that what would make me most happy is... And this is not like one thing, um, mm-hmm. but more so of, of a continuous thing throughout the year. Um, but just for people to on the grand opening day, and I have I'm building the vision for what that looks like. I want it to be as an artist, like I want it to be pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I would love to see like my community really out and supporting the idea as much as they have like verbally supported Mm -hmm. it um, and come to the events i would love to see such a big turnout at the grand opening of the bookstore and to see people coming in and shopping on a consistent basis uh in the bookstore um throughout the year Uh, of course dave Chappelle coming through would definitely (laughs) that would definitely bless my year it'd be Um, great for marketing too right yeah exactly uh, but really, I, I, yeah, I would just love to see people in there um, to the point where we can we support ourselves to have our own space, yeah, um, and just to see that on a continuous, on a consistent yeah, basis. What you're saying is basically it's one thing to support something verbally, mm-hmm. but it's a whole other thing to give it our most precious commodity, right. which is our time. Right. And so people actually taking time out of their day, their week to come and and you know ultimately spend money at the bookstore, right? Exactly. Because it, it's a it's a black owned bookstore mm-hmm. um, that serves as a meeting space and it offers new and used books for sale. Right. Right. It's not a library. Mm-mm. Yeah. So you're going to come in and buy books and hopefully buy some tea and maybe a, a nice meal exactly. or a snack. Yeah. yeah. And so you need people to come out and support that and spend their money for sure. Exactly. But you're asking people to spend their money on something that's going to make them healthier in mind, body and spirit. Exactly. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. And I would love to hear testimonies about change, people's life changing, you know, because mm-hmm. they were exposed to something new that completely gave them a new perspective on how to live, you know, so. Yeah, that's great. That would be great. Well, I just commend you for having the uh, the courage to, uh, to step out and try something that you were passionate about and that you feel like our community, the Dayton community, um, there's a void and you're trying to fill it. Um, so anything that we can do to help and support it and, and push it in the future, um, don't hesitate to reach out. We'd love to uh, continue to help give you um, or get you some awareness. For sure. Uh, we are currently fundraising um, to help with the books and uh, any fees to help make us official. Um, we just turned in our LLC paperwork a couple of days ago. Um, uh, that and that. Uh, link is either on Updating's page or my Instagram page, uh, which is Leroy D. Bean. Um, so definitely, if, if nothing else, uh, fundraising, uh, donating any funds will be. Will be cool. Perfect. And people can connect with you primarily through Instagram. 
Yeah. Leroy D. Bean. Yes. Okay. And then the Baldwin Cafe has a Facebook page? It does. Um, and we are currently working on our website um, and our Instagram page as well for that. And are you guys hiring for the Baldwin Cafe? Like just sort of hourly employees? How are you handling that? Um, that is still to be determined um, as far as like what that's going to look like. So mm -hmm. not quite yet, but we are still looking for volunteers to help run the spaces, that mm -hmm. uh, the series that we have. Um, so if anybody's interested in uh, being a part of the Lit Exchange events or the meditation, the community dialogue, writer circle, um, I'm looking for people to get involved with that to potentially be someone to uh, be an employee of Baldwin Cafe. Got but it. I kind of want to get people involved with um, understanding how to run and run spaces, facilitate right. dialogues, um, be a leader of these type of spaces, organization, uh, being an organizer kind mm -hmm. of. Um, so yeah, uh, we're looking for people. Cool. You know, obviously the topic of race and Dayton is mm -hmm. still a huge, huge topic in mm -hmm. my mind. And you've got a whole lot of people talking about um, kind of some of the the challenges or it's not even challenges, but like the where we're still falling short. Mm -hmm. You've heard, I just had somebody on the podcast last week. I was like, you know, the river still divides us. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this massive divide from the river and everything west of the river. You know, people aren't investing money and yeah. people aren't investing into the community. Mm -hmm. But east of the river, everybody likes it because mm -hmm. it's a little whiter or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm trying to ask you, but it's like, I guess just from your perspective and not even so much as just being a, a 20 something, you know, black man in the mm -hmm. city, but more so from the perspective of someone who's standing in front of small groups or groups and, and talking about today's issues mm -hmm. more from that perspective. Yeah. Like what are you seeing that's either encouraging or that maybe that you see that maybe can be fixed? Mm -hmm. uh, those are two different questions. Like what's encouraging and maybe what's discouraging. Yeah. Um, What's kind of discouraging is that we continue to get overlooked. Um, we see a lot of changes happening, uh, a lot of new visions, and yet it's like we're still here unheard. Um, overlooked, yeah. So yeah. like in jobs, or how do you mean overlooked? Honestly, in almost almost every opportunity. Okay, um, yeah, I was gonna say speak freely. Like <laughs> yeah. education opportunities, job opportunities. Yeah everything social opportunities and it's like we always kind of get this thing where the city thinks oh we're we're solving the solution with this one thing and they put it they get in have an idea and they put it out there and they kind of like they ended up like running it themselves but for in in the in the history of this country the the way that the system has been set up uh white people have never had to know what how to deal with or solve issues of um, the communities of color. Mm -hmm. So even though certain white people may be invested in kind of helping out with those issues, mm -hmm. if you don't come from there, you've never you lived never, on that side yeah, of the street, you can never really know how to solve it. Like you can be an ally, you can help us, but to try to take the wheel and do it for us does not help us at all. It mm -hmm. always ends up leaving something out. Mm -hmm. So when you, the thing about the reason why I think we still keep getting left out, it's not that I, I feel like the city has ill intentions, but 
that they just aren't trying to hand over the torch or like mm-hmm. provide an opportunity for us to provide for ourselves mm-hmm. because we know exactly what we need. We know what we want. We know what our vision looks like, mm-hmm. but it's like we're not getting an opportunity to put that in place. And we already come from a dif- disadvantaged um, area um, and, and in lack of opportunities. So it's like, it's, it's hard. We can't just go out and do it ourselves, right. which is why I'm like people like me being put in a situation where I have to, you know, come up with this idea and really raise it from the ground up and apply for incubators and, mm-hmm. you know, the summit and things like that. Um, because I lack so much opportunity, but I'm seeing so many things where, you know, the city is trying to implement changes, mm-hmm. but it's just not really covering the needs that we have. Yeah. So in your opinion, do, uh, The city, in most cities, I would say, especially here in the Midwest, which is Mm -hmm. dangerously close to the South. Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, we almost is the South. Right. (laughs) Cincinnati is definitely like the South. Right. Like, we need more black leaders, Mm -hmm. right? And so, is that a systemic political problem where we're not giving them the opportunities to step up and lead? Or do you feel like from your community, you need people to step up and go after it? It's both. Both. Uh, Because people in our community have been, and again, like the history of the system is just, it's still in us, kind of like it's been bred in us. So it's like the decisions we make, the people that we have seen ourselves to be um, is already in the negatives, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. of the history that we come from, that's what we've been taught. Um, a lot of us who want to do something feel like we can't because we just aren't good enough or we yeah. just lack the opportunity or we'll never get out of this situation. Um, and sometimes, unfortunately, one of the biggest negatives I've seen personally mm-hmm. in my relationships is when someone is trying. Mm-hmm. It, other people from their community will tear them down for it. Mm-hmm. Like, look at you trying to go out there and, and do that. Exactly. And it's like, oh. Exactly. And so it's just like this perpetuating cycle of everybody playing their part of what of the part that the system is giving you. Yeah. So, you know, there there is a huge lack of opportunity. And a lot of people that are up there aren't looking for us, aren't trying to provide us because they feel like, oh, like it's not an issue. I don't see that issue, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's below me, they don't have to see it. And then the people who are down there feel like they've been down there so long, they can't, there's no way for them to strive to be that high or to make change mm-hmm. in, that, in that big of a ripple. Um, so yeah, it's it's everything playing its part from both My sides. My wife and I always say it's, it, it's so hard for people, like you mentioned earlier, everybody wants to work. I like to say everybody, like all these people, I keep hearing all these cars drive by and mm-hmm. all these people that are on the highway this morning, what are they all doing? They're all trying to pay their rent mm-hmm. or their mortgage. Right. Most of them don't want to go to work to the job they're going to. Exactly. Right? Um, white, black, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're doing it because they got to pay the rent right. or the mortgage. Mm-hmm. So we're all just a bunch of mortgage payers. Right? That's and so our bubble <laughs> gets so small mm-hmm. because it's, it's us and our immediate loved ones and that mortgage. Mm-hmm. And getting outside of that bubble to like for the community at large right. is so hard for people right. because there's only 16 hours in a day if you sleep mm-hmm. for eight. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of the problem for towns like Dayton is, especially with the white community, mm-hmm. the white community's bubble, mm-hmm. it doesn't go over to the black community's exactly. bubble. <laughs> exactly. Their bubble's so small that it's not 
there's no uh, meshing of the bubbles. Exactly, for sure. Um, and that's that's one of the, the biggest issues. Of, and that's that, that common ground that I've been trying to find, right? What's the common denominator mm -hmm. of this big issue that we all have because the system is so complex and it's so it breaks down to so many different mm -hmm. things whether it be politics uh social aspect um capitalism mm -hmm. relationships you know all of these things play a part but the one thing that solves it all i feel like is that 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 mentality mm -hmm. you know we we all like you said we're all trying to pay mortgage so mm -hmm. we're all out here focused on work and we let everything else go by because right. we have, we've been taught to feel like it's not as important. Right. If it's not making you money, you shouldn't be focused on it. It's a waste of time. Right. People, you know how much it really takes to maintain your body? If you think about, if you relate your body to like a car, you got to take your car in every so often yeah. and get the oil changed. You got to get the air filter changed. You yep. got to change lights, get gas, you know, all of these things. But are you really doing putting that same work into your own body, really feeding yourself the food that you need, um, in order to keep your energy up for the day, uh, get any amount of sleep that you really need. Um, things like, you know, washing your face, getting a massage. A mm -hmm. massage is very, it's a huge part of self-care, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And we treat it, people don't even want to go get a massage or, you know, like things to take care of your body because they feel like it's a waste of time or a waste of money. Yeah, self-care is becoming uh, more talked about, but it's mm -hmm. also kind of poked fun at, mm -hmm. right? Like... Uh, uh, why, why a man great till he got to be great? What's her name? Lizzo. Yeah, she's like talking about self care, mm -hmm. and on the same token of her talking about self care, she's also kind of poking fun at it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, no, self care is good. Right. Like you don't need to make fun of yourself for doing self care for no. having a self care day. Exactly, and I, and we need that and those mental health days to take off work for. You know, we try to push through our. Uh, whatever is going on, yeah. whether we you know have had a rough morning, um, or we're feeling sick, and we'll still just go to work because we gotta pay rent, gotta get paid. So you know we push ourselves and and make ourselves so small for a mm -hmm. job, and we make it seem like that's the number one important thing for our life. So we can't we can never evolve and consider another person's life, whether it be in a different race, a different gender, mm -hmm. um, a different human being in general, that's not a part of our immediate, you know, family. That bubble. Uh, yeah, exactly. We can't we can't see outside of that until we can actually, you know, fully take care of ourselves first. And if we're all drowning trying to yeah. pay mortgage, you know, how it can sounds we like you like just to summarize and I know that's dangerous sometimes, but you know, you look at you look at uh, you got a press sticker on your laptop. I do. You know, Brett, who who started Press, ultimately he wanted to create a, a place where people could just get great coffee, <clears throat> where the coffee was the focus, mm. right? So everyone's got like this little underlying driver, mm -hmm. right? And to me, it sounds like the driver for Baldwin Cafe is you want to provide a space where people in your community can get a little healthier. Mm -hmm whether it's mind or body or spirit. Mm -hmm. And I can really see that passion coming out of you and it's really cool. For sure. It's Thank not you. it's not about selling books. Yeah. It's you know what I mean? It's about what the books provide for you once you have it. You yeah. know, that knowledge, that new perspective, what that tea, the feeling the, mm -hmm. having and the reason why I chose tea and not really coffee is because of the different health benefits yeah. that tea provides. If you're feeling like you need a little more energy, a, a lifted mood, you know, there's tea for that, for digestion, for um, 
uh, respiratory yeah. or you know uh, libido, whatever the case may be. Right. You know, there is a T for that, and and I've really truly, I've ex of course I experiment with it myself, so. I know how that feels. I know how how your body feels to eat healthy, to not push it over that limit um, of being gluttonous and eating the right amount that you need for that energy. Um, I know how all of that makes you feel, and yeah. I and I want other people to feel that way because that that helps you make better decisions going through life. It makes you a little more. That's awesome. You know, upbeat. Well, when people ask me how my conversation with Leroy went and what was my impressions, I'm gonna say I think that this is just the beginning. Mm. I feel like I could see big big important things coming from you. Thank you. And uh, I hope that you continue to have the confidence and the courage to just chase whatever it is that you wanna do, because I, I think you're gonna make an impact. For sure, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation, share it with your friends. Uh, take a screenshot on your phone, post it on Instagram to your story or to your feed. Post a shot on Facebook. Please help us spread the word about New Dayton. You can also subscribe to the podcast. You can leave us a review. And I want to give a special thank you to Katie Matthews for producing and editing the podcast. And a thank you and a shout out to John Waldron, who created all of the music for the podcast. Also, last thing, if you have a guest recommendation, please connect with me on Instagram chip underscore james or email me at chipjames at gmail.com oh and one last last thing check out the website choosingdayton.com forward slash new dayton thanks again <laughs>